Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. You can be seated. It's great to be with you. Uh, I've been back on the road again. I was just three weeks in Portugal. Did have uh, seven of my books printed in Portuguese. And, and uh, we did a spontaneous meeting with supposedly five pastors and 66 pastors showed up. And so that was wonderful. I got to minister to multiple streams and God is doing good things. Uh, also printing books for Africa right now. And so really appreciate your support. Uh, I do want you to know that whenever there's a prayer need, uh, Pastor Caesar's the first guy I go to because I know that uh, this is a place that bears burdens and this is a place that gets answered prayers. Sometimes when God calls you to do something for somebody else, it's like, uh, you know, somebody has a healing ministry, they go through sickness. I don't know why that is. But sometimes when God calls you to do something else, it seems like it's a battlefield that you feel like you're in. And so if you feel like you're in a battlefield for getting answers to your prayers, it's because God has given you the burden to pray for the answers for somebody else. And so I, I really appreciate this house. Give you greetings from Washington, my family. Uh, we're all well. We're all healthy. Um, my son and his wife, the pastor, they did have COVID uh, but they made it through, as many of you have. Uh, in Portugal, I had to dodge around to avoid getting, uh, getting the, the, the COVID situation, but uh, God was there, and we were flexible, and uh, it was an awesome, fruitful time. Uh, I'll be in Bulgaria in a couple of weeks again, so pray for that journey. I just watched service online. The presence of God is powerful there today. They have service at the same time you do, except for it's night there. It's morning here. So they're, they're in service right now, but it's evening. It's uh, evening in, in Bulgaria. Uh, God has given me a word for the year that I want to share with you this morning. And if you've been following my blogs, uh, you've seen me writing on the topic of peace. When I came into this year, I said, God, what is this year about? And so God said, well, your word for this year is peace. And so I immediately said, well, then I must not understand anything about peace. It's a good posture to take. When God gives you a word, you should acknowledge you don't understand anything about it. Because if you understand something about something that God spoke to you, you'll try to teach him. (laughs) And that doesn't work well. So the best thing to do is when he says something to you, acknowledge that you may think you know something, but you probably don't. And so that's my posture with God this year and the topic of peace. And God's been speaking to me amazingly on this topic of peace. And that's what I've come to share with you this morning. I do believe that uh, City Life Church, that God's favor is on you. And, uh, you know, the favor of God was on Mary and that caused her some headaches The favor of God doesn't mean that uh, everybody's going to like you and you're going to be the most popular. You know, Mary's popular now, but that's after she went to heaven. (laughs) When when Mary was a young girl and got pregnant, there was probably a little confusion about her pregnancy. And she probably, behind her back, they probably talked about about that immaculate conception thing. Yeah, right. (laughs) So... Getting the favor of God may put you in a situation where you're not necessarily the most popular on the block. Okay, So I'm just saying that because I believe that the favor of God is on you as a church. And that means you're going to have a great influence that's going to go beyond, even beyond your years. 
And I sensed very strongly this morning as I was just running in your city. I did my six miles again this morning in Deming and just really sensed that God's hand is on you as a body to influence this community in a governmental way. And I'm not talking about political. I'm talking about the kingdom of God influence. That's the government of God. It's an internal kingdom. And the internal kingdom of God changes marriages. The internal kingdom of God changes businesses, changes families, changes lives, changes it from the inside out. And then you begin to manifest things that are character of Christ, the character of God. And uh, you're an influence to this community and, and God's favor is on you. You know, uh, there, we sang it in the song this morning, John 14, 27. Jesus said to his friends, he said, peace I leave to you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You know, why does God always add that stuff at the tail end of it? You know, my peace I give to you, let not your heart be troubled, don't be afraid. He might as well have said, you're going to be tempted to be really afraid. And man, there is some awesome trouble coming your way. So here, have some peace. <laughs> now, peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is your connection to the storehouse of heaven. Peace is your connection to God, everything that's in his house. I've been looking at the shadow to understand what's real. The shadow is the old covenant, and it's a shadow of everything that we have in our covenant relationship with God. It's a shadow of what's real. It's a real shadow. So if you pride yourself in being a in being a teacher of Bible, you probably might be in danger of being a teacher of the shadow. But if you pride yourself in an intimacy with God, then you just might understand the shadow that you read in the Bible. Because the shadow speaks of something real. It's a real shadow. The scripture alone is a real shadow of truth, but it's not truth. Truth is a person. His name is Jesus, and you can't understand shadow unless you have a personal relationship with the real. You have a personal relationship with Jesus, you just might understand what he said, but if you try to understand Jesus by what he said, you probably won't really understand Jesus. If you don't get that, look at relationships. For every relationship that failed, it's because somebody didn't understand somebody. <laughs> and they took them at their shadow. They took them at the, what they thought was their word and probably missed their heart. We're all guilty of that. But Jesus told his disciples, you know, my peace I give to you. Now, I can't think of a more troublesome time in history than the birthing of the church. The first 40 years of the church were horrendously bad. And then the next 260 after that were not too nice. <laughs> you want to know if you're going to go through great tribulation? Ask your mama. You were birthed in great tribulation. There was a lot of worrisomeness in pregnancy and pain in delivery in birthing the church in the first 40 years. 
Antichrist tried to destroy Christ. But guess what? It's impossible to destroy Christ. So, so if you're worried about, oh, this is the end times, this is the last days, the Antichrist has come, you need to look at the foundation. You need to look at what your mama did for you. You need to look at the church that birthed the first fruit testimony of children and children's children. An antichrist of that day did not prevail over Christ, nor will any antichrist of any day prevail over Christ. Darkness cannot destroy light because even the smallest measure of light is light. (laughs) You give me the darkest room and a match, you got light. (laughs) And the light of the match is more powerful than all the darkness in the room. You light that match in that dark room, what are you going to see? The match. You're not going to see the darkness. Your focus is going to be on the match because a little light is more powerful than all the darkness. I believe that Jesus, when he said even faith the size of a mustard seed would move a mountain, I believe that he probably pointed to a mountain, and the mountain that he pointed to was the religious mountain of law. And he said, even a little faith will destroy that mountain. It isn't about you getting your promise to destroy that mountain. How much faith can I have to take out that mountain? No, a little tiny bit of relationship with God is relationship with God. And a little tiny bit of relationship with God is more powerful than all the law that ever exists to tell you what to do or what not to do. It's life. God doesn't want you to live by commands. He wants you to live by revelation. Commands are okay, but they're a shadow of passion. God doesn't want me to live by the command, love your wife, Ted. He wants me to know who she is. And then I get a revelation. Wow, I love you. (laughs) You're awesome. I can't believe how fortunate I am that you would pick me. You're a treasure chest. My goodness, you're more valuable than all gold and all treasures. If I could know who you really are, I would sell everything I've got and go on a journey to dig up the treasure called you. (laughs) The truth is, every human being is a treasure. But the greatest treasure of all is God. He's the treasure who causes us to become treasures. And he wants us to understand this. So peace he gives us, a connection to him. Now, I'm going to compare the peace of the world and the peace of us. In the world, change is the hope of peace. In the world, change is the hope of peace. It's a political year, right? There's another, I guess there's always an election these days, but there's a midterm election. So there's the hope, no doubt, of change. Okay, That's how the world measures peace. If things change... We'll have peace. Okay, in Christ, peace is the hope of change. Outside of Christ, change is the hope of peace. In Christ, peace is the hope of change. So peace is not something you're going to have when it changes. Peace is something you already have. Therefore, all things will change. (laughs) 
Peace is the evidence of God in your life that makes it so grace, the manifest presence of God, works in your life. So now I believe the world is wrestling through hard times. They're wrestling through trouble. Don't look for 2022 to be a year of no more trouble. I got news for you. There's going to be a lot of trouble in 2022. Okay. It's always trouble, but 2022 is, is not the end of 2020 and 2021. Woo, thank God. No, it's just 2022. But we've got something that's more powerful than 2022. It's called Jesus. We've got Jesus, and he's more powerful than 2022. Okay. You know, I, I notice, you know, I, I'm, I'm now in my 67th year of passage. I'll complete. I'll be 67 this year, so I'll complete my 67th year this year. And I used to be, when I was young, I was the hippie, and then I had friends who were athletic jocks. Now I'm the athletic jock. I don't know what they are. <laughs> So, so times change. <laughs> so the world is wrestling through difficult times. Okay, we can go through difficult times, but we don't need to wrestle with times. We can embrace Jesus in the midst of every wrestle. So it's our connection to God through this spirit that gives us peace. Now, peace is not the absence of conflict. It's a connection to God. It's the testimony of God in our lives. John 16, Jesus said this, These things I've spoken to you that in me you, had, you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. You'll have trouble. But be of good cheer. What? Couldn't you just said, hang on? <laughs> Why did you have to throw that good cheer part in there? In the world, you're going to have tribulation. In the world, you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer. (laughs) I have overcome the world. So you're in the midst of a wrestle with something that Jesus has already overcome. (laughs) Okay. In in, um, Romans chapter 5, we'll we'll look there in a moment, but in Romans chapter 5, The whole issue of grace is grace is the manifest presence of God that overcomes all trouble. And in the midst of grace, you have to persevere. But the Greek word for persevere means to cheerfully endure. Be of good cheer. Cheerfully, not cheerfulish. (laughs) Cheerfully. Well, you got a little cheer, but now get a little more cheer because you need to get fully with cheer. (laughs) Be of good cheer. Remember who you are. Remember who he is. God is your father. God is your friend. God is with you. The, The psalmist understood he couldn't go anywhere and God wouldn't be there. It's not because of God's sovereignty. It's because of God's love. I have already told you many times ago, does God, is God everywhere? Is that what defines him? He can be everywhere, but is he everywhere? Well, I don't know. He's everywhere I am. Now, why is he everywhere I am? Because he never leaves me. The psalmist said, if I go to hell, you're there. Does God live in hell? By definition, you couldn't call it hell if he lived there. 
because it's the realm of the dead and God's not dead. So you'd have to change the name on the door if he resided there. But he lives with you, so if you find yourself in a time, in a season called hell on earth, (laughs) I promise you, your hell is going to change to a heaven testimony. Why? Because he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. (laughs) Come on. You got the grace of heaven. Now, um, peace and grace are two things that... uh, Paul and John and Peter and James, they constantly address the church with grace and peace. Grace and peace. Paul only changed that in one setting, and that is 1 and 2 Timothy and Titus are three New Testament letters that are written to pastors. They're written for everybody to read, but when you're reading Timothy, keep in mind that Paul is not talking to believers, he's talking to your pastor. And then if you read that with the right attitude, you'll understand the responsibilities of pastors. And then you'll maybe quit judging them. <laughs> because you'll, you'll realize, and you know, none of those letters are written for, for legalism of law of what you do. It's just the kind of stuff you have to deal with. Like the, like the law of widows is not that you can't take care of somebody who's not old, not, not uh, you know, they have to be at least 60 before you take care of them because that's what the Word says. You know, it's just talking about a challenge of an issue. The point is this. If family can take care of you, family is best. But if there isn't any family to be responsible, then help. <laughs> but if there's family to be responsible, put your big boy pants on and be responsible. Do you get it? I mean, so a pastor might say, time to put your big boy pants on, or a pastor might say, help. <laughs> and every situation's different. It's all about love. It's not about law. It's about love. But the interesting thing is when Paul addresses Timothy, Pastor Timothy in First and Second Timothy, and in Titus he addresses his spiritual son, he says, grace, peace, and mercy. So I guess pastors need mercy. I don't know if that's because of what happens to them or what they want to do (laughs) because of what happens to them. But the address is grace, peace, and mercy. But in every other place, it's grace and peace. Now, the interesting thing is grace and peace can be multiplied. So it can't just be a position that's theologically true. So you have grace of God in your life, but that could be multiplied. So you could start out 2022 with the grace of God in your life and end up 2022 with way more grace in your life. You could have peace with God, which is your oneness with God. But how many of you know that there's lots of places in God that you can discover And maybe there's some rooms that you've never been to. I think I've shared a story with you in the past about an intercessor that I used to have in my church who used to go to heaven on a regular basis. And she's a wonderful lady named Yvonne. She's now in heaven permanently. She decided to stay. <laughs> but uh, she used to go there on a regular basis. 
And one time at my house, we were having a home meeting, and she just casually shared. She said, well, you know, last week when I went to heaven, God said, why do you always go to the same place? Now, most of the people in the room were shocked with the statement last week when I went to heaven, but that wasn't the real issue. The real issue was, she said, well, you know, why do I always go to the same places? Now, if that was a little too freaky for you, let's bring this back down to earth. In your walk with God and your relationship with God, why do you always go to the same place? Have you thought about maybe there's some places you haven't been in your relationship with God? Some things you haven't seen, some things you haven't heard or you haven't thought. Have you thought that maybe God wants you to find some of those spaces so that you could go there as often as you want? See, I think peace is like access to God's refrigerator. But if you open the refrigerator door and all you go is to the front where the beer is, you may never find the meat and the cheese that's in the back shelf. (laughs) Oh, no, it's milk in the front. I'm sorry. See, I think peace is access to everything that's in God's house. What's in his cupboards? What's in his cabinets? What's in his refrigerator? He says, it's, it's yours. I think grace is the manifest presence of God in your life. And God's manifest presence in your life, he takes everything that's in his cupboard, anything that's in his cupboard, everything that's in his fridge, anything that's in his fridge, and uses it on your behalf to give you a heavenly testimony of life. So peace is not just an emotion. Peace is a substance, and it can be multiplied. Okay, now, the shadow of the Old Covenant, I've been looking at the peace offerings of the Old Covenant. Now, what do, what do, what was, God never wanted sacrifices and offerings. He still doesn't want sacrifices and offerings. But there are sacrifices and there are offerings. But they're only testimonies of relationships. You saw a little video. I was hanging out here. You notice I was in a supervisory position around that fire hole. I was right in the back there. That shadow that you saw over there, that was me looking over at the guys because I didn't have any gloves on. But I, was, you know, I did do some stuff, but I, you know, I was in a supervisory position on that. But, but what that was is you didn't see... You didn't see, you saw people, you know, taking care of meat and stuff. That's called sacrifices and offerings. But really all that was was the physical testimony of love. That was the the physical things that you do when you love. That's the expressions. That's the stuff that happens when people love. That's why God gives kids to, 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 uh, he gives kids to young people. That means he gives children to people who don't know what the heck to do. Because he knows love will figure it out. So, so he, you know, he doesn't give kids to strangers. He gives kids to dads and moms because he knows they'll have to figure it out. Love will make a way. <laughs> That's God's way. And so he never wanted sacrifice and offering. So like a burnt offering is high, here I am. A sacrifice is, whoa, I love you. I'll do it. A tithe is, whoa, I can't believe you gave me that. What? Here, here, I respond to you. 
A, a heave offering is, woo, I, I know, oh, I know who you are. I submit to you as unto the Lord. Okay. A, a vowed offering is, whoa, you said that about me? Yeah, okay, here, I'll do that. A free will offering, I don't have to, but I really want to. I wanted to be here today because this is my family. A first fruit, a firstling is, whoa, this is for the future generations. Oh, I believe it for my children and my children's children. See, it's not about sacrifice and offerings. It's relationships. Now, there was a group of offering where you put some other stuff together called peace offerings. Now, I don't think the, that the Israelites understood the offerings because they got confused. They thought that God required ceremonies. Just like us, we get confused. We think that God requires church. So we think it's a place you go. So we go to a place that we call it church. We don't realize we actually are the church, and it really works better when we go to a common place so we can see all the parts. <laughs> so we don't mind coming together in common places, but the common place is not the church. We're the church. It's made of community, family that connects together, relationship. So they had a thing called peace offerings. And the peace offering, I don't think they understood what it was, but, but the, the ceremony was meant to be, all the feasts, all the, the ceremonies were meant to be feasts. Feasts, you know, I mean, you, you guys define the word meeting fabulously because that means there's going to be a fire and lots of meat. That's called a meeting. I, I, I'm taking that. I'm taking that definition. I know what a meeting is. I've been to Deming. I've been to City Life. I, they dig a hole, throw fire in there, throw animals in there. They cook it, and we eat it. Now we had a meeting. Okay. I, I love Portugal. My Portuguese family, I say, I say, muito coisas boas para comer e beber. Many good things to eat, many good things to drink. Muito coisas boas para conversar, many good things to talk about because they celebrate life. Okay? Life is life. Okay? Now, the peace offering was meant to be that kind of a celebration. Now, it wasn't doing an offering so that you would have peace. See, the world thinks if we do the right offering, we'll get peace. Now, let me tweak with you a minute. Sometimes the church thinks if we do the right thing, we'll have peace. See, if we throw the right sinners into the volcano, then the angry God won't be angry with us anymore in America. Yeah, see, see, see if we get the right, if we, throw the, if we throw the liberal left into the flames, then the conservative right can flourish, and then the, the whole nation will be happy. Or we could take it the other way around. I don't know who needs to go in the volcano, but my goodness, someone needs to bring peace. <laughs> no. The peace offering was a celebration because you have peace. The peace offering was not an offering to give you peace. And in interesting, there's a little obscure verse in Leviticus that describes when the Israelites ate meat. I mean, you like to eat meat. I know you like to eat meat. I mean, we even, we, I, come on, you're my, you're my brethren. 
I mean, we get sticks. We throw lead balls inside the stick or we put shells inside the stick with powder on the back of them or we get a stick with a point and we put it in a, we put it in a string. Why? The objective is meat. <laughs> right? I mean, I get it. I'm a meat guy. Yes, I am. Okay? So, but... In the Israelite culture, if you wanted to eat meat, you couldn't eat meat unless it was part of a peace offering. If you wanted to eat meat, you had to go and make a peace offering because a peace offering was a communal celebration. You bring a peace offering for three reasons. You're bringing a peace offering for God did something that you're really thankful for. You, 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 you're, you want to celebrate thankfulness. He did this specific thing for you. So you, you're going to bring in, you're going you're gonna to bring a, a, a sheep. You're going to bring something from a herd or something from a flock. You can bring a flock or a herd. You can bring a sheep or a goat or a cow. <laughs> and you come, I want to celebrate with my family. I want to celebrate with my community to declare how thankful I am to God. And so this is a peace offering. This is declaring, I've got peace with God. It's declaring, look, I've got access to his fridge. Hey, look, I've got access to his cupboard. Look what he did for me. Oh, come on, family. And then what you would do in the peace offering is you would take, you would take of, the, of the animal, they would take the fat and the blood, and they would burn that. That's the life of the flesh, blood. And the fat, the strength of the flesh, and they would burn that to God. That God gets that. Why? Because what gives you peace is not the life of the flesh or the strength of the flesh. What gives you peace is the life of the Spirit and the strength of the Spirit. It could be your worst day. Because it's not dependent on the strength of you. It's dependent on the goodness of God. So you come and you let say you say, okay, I'm letting you have all the flesh. I don't... I don't judge anyone according to the flesh anymore. I looked in the mirror this morning, and, and I'm okay. <laughs> He's not judging me by my past. Okay, the time, you got your, your watch on, synchronize your watches. You know what time it is? Do you know what time it is? Now. Okay, now, if you want to stretch that out to make sure that you get a good a good 24-hour clock or a 12-hour clock, look at your watch. You know what it says? Today. Today, if you'll hear his voice. Today. If you're, if you're rehearsing yesterday, it's hard to hear him. Today. If you're rehearsing how bad you messed up yesterday, look at your watch. Today. Now, if you want to get a little more specific, what hour today is it? Now. (laughs) Okay. What time you got on your watch? Oh, hey. Whoa, it's today. Oh, my goodness. I didn't realize it. It's now. (laughs) So God looks at you today, now. Yeah? Okay. That's the only time it is. Okay, what gets you in trouble is when you don't think you're alive today and you hope for your clock to change to tomorrow. 
Or what gets you in trouble is you forgot to leave yesterday. You left your watch on some dresser in the past, and now you don't even know what time it is because you're still looking for your watch. It's yesterday. Okay? So that simple little thing, you go out of here. If you get one thing today, the, the time is, the day is, see, my watch has the day and the time. Today, now. Okay? There it is. I can tell because it's got all my grandkids on my watch right there. There it is. My little granddaughter kisses my watch because she likes her cousins. So the peace offering, you would come and you would do say, I'm thankful. I want to give a peace offering. So 2022 is a year of peace. That means God is going to do some really good things for you. Are you paying attention? Are you going to give a thanks for what God did, or you're going to give a complaint about what CNN said again? Are you going to give a thanks for what God did today, or are you going to get distracted by, well, why didn't those politicians do that? Okay. I got news for you. In the kingdom of God, it's not an election year. still got the same king we had yesterday. <laughs> we still have eternal life. <laughs> I mean, you've had a few people transition, but I got news for you. All of those who transitioned, they have eternal life, <laughs> okay? So it's a sad moment for our loss, but it's a celebration because the family is still intact, okay? <laughs> when it's all said and done, the family is still together. I got news for you. It, it's a bigger world than we know. Okay, Now, the peace offering. I'm thankful. So I come and I bring this, this peace offering to God. Now, there's lots of parts to it. There's some unleavened stuff I give. I just come with sincerity. I come with unleavened stuff. In other words, I don't come trying to impress God. I come in spirit. I come in truth. But then I'm going to celebrate and eat what is today in a celebration of God. I have to eat the meat today. Okay? Can't save it for tomorrow on a thanks offering. On the shadow, the thanks offering, the peace offering with a thanks thankfulness was today. So you can be thankful today, but if you go seven days before you get another thing to be thankful for, you miss something. Because his mercy's new every day, and there's something to be thankful for every single day. So the question is, are we people of peace, or are we people of promise? Are we people who are looking for peace like the world is looking for peace, or are we people who know we have peace, and will we be thankful every day of 2022? And will we share that with our family? Will we realize that we're not going to eat this meat alone? We're going to come and we're going to say, Oh, I'm so grateful that I've got peace with God. We've got peace with God. Look, come and share in this with me. Let me edify you. Let me encourage you. Let me give you something to eat, for goodness sakes. Let's share in this testimony of life. Okay? Let's share in this testimony of life. 
you know, if, if you have breakfast with somebody who has lots of complaints, it kind of ruins breakfast, doesn't it? <laughs> but if you have breakfast with somebody who has lots of encouragements, that's why it's fun just to go and, you know, have breakfast and just talk about hunting. At least there was something to talk about that was edifying. <laughs> it should be that way with Jesus, with life. You know, in your toughest moments, you should see, what did God do? So we're, we have peace with God, so we're thankful. The second kind of peace offering was included a wave offering, which a, a, a thank, it's a thankfulness, but it's a praise. It's a, like a showing God off thing. You know, I'm going to show you off, God. I'm praising. It's a thankfulness, but it also is a submission, a heave offering. I'm, I'm, I'm in relationship with God, but I'm also in relationship with you. I've got peace with God, so I'm going to quickly go to the family of God, and I'm going to, I'm going to show God off. I'm going to praise God with you. I'm going to worship God with you. It includes, it can include a free will offering. I don't have to do this, but I want to do this. I want to be with you. I want to be together. I want to be the family of God because we've got peace with God. When you don't have peace, you tend to go seek a cave or a closet. You want to hide. This is not a season to hide. Okay, and you know, losing the masks isn't going to stop you from hiding. Matter of fact, the masks were sometimes an excuse to hide. Okay, the masks are good. And the masks are bad. It depends upon the reason for the mask. Surely it's nice not to be contaminating the air for one another. But if we constantly live in fear, so I'm not talking about masks. I'm talking about what's our posture. Okay, We shouldn't be anti-mask and we shouldn't be anti-no-mask. We shouldn't be anti-anything. We should be life. We should be light. If we're living the day and our thoughts are, what are we anti? I don't know about you, but I've never enjoyed being around any anti thing. I don't want an anti-wife. I don't want her to be anti-husband. I mean, that's not fun, is it? Or a wife to have a Anti-wife husband, anti-wife, anti-dad, anti-mom. You can have ants, but you can't have antis. <laughs> I never enjoy being around with those anti-cousins. Those are never fun. All those, I, you know, I really love church. Well, the anti-members are not quite as fun, but I do enjoy church. Christ is delightful, isn't he? Antichrist is tough. I just don't like Antichrist. I just, I just soon avoid Antichrist. So anti. <laughs> I'm trying to make a point here. Think about this. It's not, that, it's not that complicated. If your focus is anti, 
Well, man, you, you know what? You know what? I tend to support a party, a political party, but I, I have trouble when I support a political party and then they try to get me to be anti the other party more than what they're doing. So I get all these phone texts about all the stuff I need to be anti for. It really turns me off. I don't like to hang around anti-stuff. Even if they believe what I believe, I just, it just annoys me. I don't like anti-stuff. Anti I just assume, where's the life? Would you tell me about that? We have peace with God. We don't need to be anti-anything. We can be community. We can be people of thanksgiving. We can be people of praise. We can be people who offer to God a testimony of life, and we can eat meat together. Not carnality, but we can do the will of God because we are the body of Christ. Okay? Let me wrap this up. You can read more about this in my blogs. I'm blogging on peace. But um, God's peace gives us the substance of everything. In Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, Therefore, having been justified by faith, well, has faith come? Hearing him. He speaks to your heart, right? Yeah, we can find a verse for that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That's the religious form of it. But it simply means this. When you hear God in your heart, something happens called faith. You can't do that. It's a supernatural thing. It happens when you hear God in your heart. Faith happens. So make sure you stay close enough to hear because faith will happen every day if you hear God. <laughs> so we have faith and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace. There's no separation between us and God. Uh, don't need to stay away anymore. Actually, sin never separated God from us. It separated us from God. Why? Because it prevented us from seeing God for who He really is. And who is He? He's a Father who loves us. Jesus didn't come so that the Father would love us. The Father loved us. That's why Jesus came. Jesus didn't make it so that sin no longer ruled over us so that we, that God would accept us. God already accepted us. We just didn't accept him. So he came to get rid of what prevented us from accepting God. We couldn't see him as a father, so we labeled him as God. And then we were convinced that a God was a taker for sure. So we made sure that he could take the right things, and we argued with him sometimes about what he could take, but we were afraid enough that every now and then we threw somebody in a volcano to make sure he wasn't too torqued, because we didn't know who he was. And he's long-suffering, he's patient, but he finally became one of us, moved into the neighborhood so we could see what he looked like. That if I become one of you and show you what one of you should look like, 
then maybe you'll know who I am. And the one who looked like him went around and destroyed all the works of the devil. He didn't go around trying to, he didn't wake up and say, well, well, who should I heal today? No, he just went around and somebody sick came. He gave him life. Somebody demon-possessed came, he cast the flipping demons out. He, he didn't come so that he would have a ministry. He came so that he could minister when necessary. He came to show us what our friend God, what our Father God looks like. And He wants us to have a relationship with Him in that respect. He wants us to to hear Him and then realize we have peace. There's no gap between us and God. Okay, picture this. You got access to everything that's in His house. Okay, and then it says, but then we also have access by faith into grace. Peace is our access to His house. Grace is His access to our house. You don't have to wait till you die to get access to God's house. Well, no, actually you do. But you have to get a revelation that you already did that. Okay, you worried about last days? All right, let's conclude it. Let's finish that today. If you're still living in your days, today's a good day for a last day. Keep my alarm, set it. <laughs> it said, I've completed my perfect week of standing up. Okay. <laughs> okay, you can end your day today. You can lose your life, which means you'll actually save it. You can lay your life down, you'll actually find it. If you're online, you, you, you don't know God. You don't know Jesus. He knows you. If you're in this room and you don't know him, he knows you. Um, if you somehow don't know that it's about relationship and love, okay, I've got good news for you. It's about relationship and love. If you're in this room today and you forgot what it was about, that it's about relationship and love, I've got really good news for you. It's about relationship and love. And so I, I'm going to make it so you don't have to worry about last days anymore. Today is it. Dear Jesus, come into my life. I pick you because I recognize you picked me. And I'm acknowledging to you that in the flesh, I'm done. And I'm welcoming your Holy Spirit, your spirit into my spirit. The life that I live, I want to live by faith, by hearing you every day from this time on. I let go of all the condemnation and shame that you came to take off of me. And I thank you, Jesus, that you'll never put on me something that you took off of me at that cross that should have been mine. And I thank you now for this thing called life. I remember or I acknowledge right now your spirit in my life. It gives me the ability to say today is the day I'm born again. My watch says today, the time is now. I'm going to live this moment on in eternity with eternal life. To know you, God, as my Father, to know you, Jesus, as the Son. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here to make that possible. So I have access to your house. I don't know what's in the fridge. 
lot of it I've never seen before, but I'm willing to look. Take me some places I've never been. And I thank you that you have access to my house right now. God, I, I've got, here I am, I, I've got some, lots of rooms I call me, but there's even some closets that I've tried to lock the door and not look at. I've got some rooms in me that I haven't even looked at, but uh, let's take some time together. We'll call that time my lifetime. And in my lifetime, I'm giving you access to my, to my cupboards, to my closet. Even now in 2022, I think there's probably some rooms I've not let you in. Would you be Lord of that room too? <laughs> Would you come into every part of my life? And demonstrate that you are there. Your manifest presence gives me the ability to live, to live. So in this place of you in my life, there's going to be some trouble. 2022 is going to have some tribulation. It's okay. I'm going to cheerfully endure. (laughs) I'm going to persevere. I'm going to cheerfully endure. And I'm going to see the character of Christ manifested me you're not just Jesus Christ I'm also the body of Christ (laughs) I'm I'm Ted Christ I'm not the savior of the world I'm just a tiny little I am in the big I am that's not sacrilegious actually sacrilegious to be religious God wants real people in a real world and he wants to be a real father a heavenly father even in a hellacious world (laughs) and you've given us the ability to live with you together so that I have hope a transformed life glory to glory he's changing me amen it's great to be with you it is a year of peace celebrate your oneness with God but don't do it alone do it together eat meat be the will of God do the will of God eat meat herds and flocks <laughs> goats sheep cows some are herds some are flocks but do it with thanksgiving do it with praise acknowledge that you have peace with God don't let your heart be troubled don't be afraid in the world you'll have trouble but it's all right I've overcome the world amen